In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. This is the third sermon in the series of homilies on the Divine Liturgy. This year I have chosen to go into depth into who it is we actually are worshiping and who we are because of him before we begin to look at the text of the Divine Liturgy itself. We have begun this way because it is essential in worship to know who you are worshiping and who you are because of your Creator. There are some who, Christians who worship very, very zealously and they worship Jesus, but they do not believe in the Holy Trinity. And this shapes the way they think, the way they feel, the way they live. And although they are very sincere in their, in their worship, they are misguided. And this has been the case down through history in many, many ways. And that is why it is so essential that we be firmly grounded in an orthodox and true understanding of who God is. In the first two sermons, we looked at the nature of God. We looked at the first day of creation. Today we will address the second day of creation, which often is overlooked and misunderstood. In fact, it is safe to say that the meaning of the second day of creation is so obscure that it is mostly ignored. And I can say in, for myself, most of my adult life as a Christian, I did not give any thought to what happened on the second day of creation. This is exactly what the Holy Scriptures tell us. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water. Let it divide the water from the water. And it was so. Thus God made the firmament. Firmament is an is a obscure word itself. Basically means sky. For us, it applies to the sky or the atmosphere, what we see or don't see around us on this earth. God divided the water under the firmament from the water above the firmament. So God called the firmament heaven. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and morning the second day. One thing I want to point out is as, as on the first day, the end of the narrative is concluded there was evening and morning. First day, now the second day. Again, this, this has a direct impact on how we worship. The day begins in the evening, then liturgically we worship, begin worshiping God at the beginning of the day in the evening with Vespers. Modern Christendom outside of the Orthodox Church has forgotten that. They don't understand that. 
But this verse about God separating the waters above the firmament from the waters below the firmament is very obscure. What does this mean? It appears that on the first day of creation, if you were to be enabled to be there and to look down, you would see basically water or, or some type of mass that was disorganized and unformed. And yet the Holy Spirit somehow in mystery was hovering over it. So on the second day of creation, God begins to bring order to this substance that he has created. He begins to organize it and to set up the water system or water cycle that would eventually be one of the primary sustainers of creation. The reason the temperature of the earth is so stable, relatively speaking, is because of all the water. So on the second day of creation, God begins to bring order to the created world and begins to organize and set up the water system that would eventually be one of the primary sustainers of creation. We now have basically three three components of the material world. We have the water below the firmament, the water above the firmament, and we have the firmament itself or the sky or space. The water below the firmament is basically the sphere of what we call the earth, completely covered with water. It's it's no longer formless or void. It's in the shape of a sphere, but it's all water. Around this sphere of water, we have the sky, atmosphere. We have space. For the first time in creation, there there is distance between things. God creates space. Even the concept of space did not exist before creation. We have space. We have distance between things. We have separation between things. And above this sky... We have water. And the nature of this water is not completely understood. Now scientifically, we understand now, today, that the world is set up with a water system and an interaction between the water that exists below the sky on the earth and the water that exists up in the heavens or in the sky. There is a a cycle of replenishment and transfer that takes place constantly between these two sources of water. It's possible that before the great flood, the waters above the firmament or the sky existed in the form of some type of canopy or greenhouse cover that was formed, it was extremely dense with moisture, which allowed light from above, from the stars and the moon and the the sun that would be created on the fourth day, that would allow this light to come in 
to the earth, but also would keep out some of the more harmful radiation of the sun, which would be created later. This is just one theory. By the way, in the description of the Great Flood, we read about catastrophic changes to this water system. If you read closely the account of the Great Flood, the flood was not just rain coming down for 40 days. It was a total disruption of this water system, both the water above the firmament and the water below the firmament. Drastically changed, catastrophically changed. So we'll say more about that when we get to our study of the fall of mankind and the great flood. The reality is that we do not know the exact nature of the firmament and the waters above the firmament in the beginning. But we do know that the fathers of the church interpreted this verse exactly as it was written. So this is exactly what happened on the second day and that it was the second step in creation and the ordering of a sustainable and nurturing world. We see here, just in the first two days, how, how God is being so orderly in designing and creating the world. We see that God, in a very intelligent and ordered way, step by step, is preparing creation for the inhabitation of some special form of life, that is humanity. Going back to the first few verses of Genesis, we see the action and involvement of the Holy Trinity. The Father speaks, the Son creates, and the Holy Spirit hovers over the water. God is Trinity, and we must worship Him as Trinity, otherwise we are not really worshiping Him at all. This is the foundational point of the divine liturgy, liturgy which we are going to be studying throughout this liturgical year. God as Trinity and humanity in the image of God. So the second day is an affirmation of this one basic premise, that creation brought brought into existence by the Trinitarian God, prepared and ordered for mankind created in his image for the purpose of perfect communion. The fathers of the church repeatedly use a certain analogy to describe this. They give the analogy of a conquering army capturing a city and setting it up for their triumphant king. So once the city has been captured, the the enemy has been defeated, the king remains outside of the city. He remains outside until the army has gone in and totally set things in order, providing for a residence for the king, for food, shelter, protection, water, and everything that the king will need in order to rule his kingdom. And after all has been accomplished, the king is escorted in, and placed upon his throne to rule and govern the city. This is a beautiful picture of what creation was about. The second day of creation is a key and orderly step in this preparation for humanity 
to become the benevolent steward of all that has been made. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. Amen.